Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day. the scandalous truth about the new arrival. Have I got a trunk full of dirt? <gasps> His mother goes wild. Down! Jumbo down! Socially, he was washed up. His only friend, a mouse. You know, lots of people with big ears are famous. Oh, oh boy, all we gotta do is build an act. Make your star, a headliner, Dumbo the Great! Walt Disney's Dumbo brings you a trainload of exciting new characters. Wild animals, ferocious beasts, thunderous pachyderms, jungle giants, Casey Jr., the train with a personality. And believe it or not, the most delightful Disney sequence you've ever seen, the Parade of the Pink Elephants. See Dumbo's magnificent fall to fame, the most sensational climax ever filmed. Hey there, it's Brian Davis, and for this week's episode, we're going to cover the original animated classic, Dumbo, from 1941. The studio was actually RKO Pictures, though it was Disney Studios, and the release date was October 31st, Halloween, 1941. The running time, 64 minutes. Now, RKO initially balked at the film's 64-minute length and asked Disney to add another 10 minutes, but Disney, to his credit, refused and said, no, that's as far as I can stretch it. You can stretch a thing so far, and then it won't hold. The picture is right as it is. Add another 10 minutes, it's liable to cost $500,000, and I can't afford it. Leonard Maltin from his classic movie guide gives it 4 out of 4 stars. He writes, One of Walt Disney's most charming animated films about a pint-sized elephant with giant-sized ears and how his friend Timothy the Mouse helps him build confidence. Never a dull moment, but the pink elephant dream sequence is a special treat. Frank Churchill and Oliver Wallace's scoring earned them Oscars. Rotten Tomatoes gives it 98% fresh from 43 reviews. Their critics' consensus says, Dumbo packs plenty of story in its brief runtime, along with all the warm animation and wonderful music you'd expect from a Disney classic. 
Now, with the classic animated Disney films, my mom would take me to the theater in the 1980s when they were re-released. However, in Dumbo's case, that didn't happen because it was one of the first films to be released on home video in the early 1980s. So I likely saw Dumbo when we got a VCR in 1984, or maybe it was on TV from the Wonderful World of Disney specials, and we may even have taped it off TV, if I recall. We did that often. Okay, let's get into the making of the film. So believe it or not, the Disney studio was in financial trouble before making Dumbo. All the profits from the enormous success of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs was put back into making the studio bigger, and the subsequent films of Pinocchio and Fantasia were not smash hits like Snow White. Now, what really saved the studio was the success of Dumbo and the brilliant, straightforward storytelling of the film at only 64 minutes. Basically, like the film itself with the main character being an underdog, this little film did the same at the box office. What audiences really wanted from Disney Studios was the straightforwardness and sincerity of Dumbo. So while Fantasia was a massive creative undertaking, and you have to respect Walt Disney for his vision and trying to expand his brand to a wide audience, Dumbo is what really resonated with people the most as entertainment. Now, the reason those original first five Disney films are so important today was the groundbreaking nature of the animation and storytelling. Each film took various forms of filmmaking to a higher level. For many, Dumbo resonates with people because of the emotion it triggers from the viewer. It really grabs your heart throughout the film. And the fact that you generally care about the characters or dislike the villains like you would real people is the genius and the power of the filmmaking of Disney Studios. Now, I don't think many people realize the story itself comes from a book written in 1938 by Helen Averson and Harold Pearl. It was the only story the couple would ever write, and they sold the story to a company called Rolla Book, where the book itself would be on a scroll and then you would read through it. And there were 16 illustrations in the book. Walt Disney then bought the rights to the story and gave the project to his two top writers at the time, Joe Grant and Dick Humer. Grant was hired by Disney in the 1930s to do the characters of the cartoon shorts of the era and become one of Walt's most trusted character development people. And he was basically the lead for the think tank that came up with all the great early Disney animated film characters. Now, he left the studios at the end of the 1940s, but later came back in the 1990s when he was in his 80s and continued to create a number of key characters during the storm of huge films being released in the decade. And he continued to work at Disney until his death at age of 96 in 2005. Dick Humor was recruited by Walt Disney in the early years because he was considered one of the top animators on the East Coast and worked on a number of the Silly Symphonies cartoon shorts of the era. He was then paired with Joe Grant on Fantasia because of his love of classical music, and their creative partnership was incredibly fruitful and can be found all over Dumbo. So Grant and Humor made a number of additions and changes to the original story. Like, instead of having Dumbo's sidekick being a little Robin Bird, like in the book, they changed it to Timothy the Mouse, which was a stroke of genius since elephants, of course, were supposed to be afraid of mice. They also brought in the pink elephant sequence along with the storks from the beginning of the film. And they would never give Walt a complete treatment of their story, but chapters at a time to tease him into wanting more, almost like cliffhangers. No other writers at the time would use this tactic on Walt, but it was a brilliant move because it really intrigued Walt into loving what they were coming up with. And within a month, Walt knew the material that Grant and Humor were creating was the movie he wanted to make. Six months later, it was in the storyboard stage, and then by the fall of 1940, animation began and was completed before the Disney strike in May of 1941. 
So that strike, which included many of the animators, was brewing in the last few months of wrapping up Dumbo, and luckily Dumbo was completed before everything just shut down. Also, of course, at the time, World War II was raging in Europe, but the U.S. wasn't involved quite yet, though there were rumblings that the U.S. would eventually enter the war, and of course that happened after the bombing of Pearl Harbor on December 7th of the same year. So also, the way Disney made money at the time was from all the film revenue, including internationally. And this was before Disneyland was created, of course. That wouldn't be until the 50s. So it was vital that Dumbo be a success, or it was a distinct possibility this studio could be done. They didn't have the time or the budget like in previous films to spend on Dumbo, but the story itself was so solid and streamlined, they didn't need the extra time to develop sequences that could be eventually cut out, like on prior films. Also, they found inventive ways to save money by using watercolors for the background landscapes instead of oil paints. And most importantly, the quality of the artwork was still the same using the watercolors, which was vital to Disney. They also used less special effects in Dumbo compared to other films like Pinocchio and Bambi. The story didn't simply need it. And speaking of Bambi, it would take nine years to perfect that film. It was going to be the first film to follow up Snow White, but they couldn't perfect it, so it kept getting skipped over. In many ways, Dumbo had the quality and charm of the early Disney shorts and the Silly Symphonies. So, even though the new breed of animators were on the other side of the lot working on Bambi, the established veterans who taught the new artists were the ones working on Dumbo, and it worked beautifully. So, Vladimir Taitwa, also known as Bill, was the animator who created Dumbo and amazingly was best known for creating the strong villains in the past films like Chernobog and Fantasia and Stromboli and Pinocchio. So it really showed the versatility of Taitla as he could create one of the cutest and most sympathetic characters in history with Dumbo. So he was inspired by his two-year-old son at the time in his portrayal of Dumbo. The film was such a hit with audiences and critics alike that Time Magazine had planned to put the little elephant who could on their cover. That is, until the bombing of Pearl Harbor occurred and everything changed in the United States. Though many moviegoers continued to see Dumbo in the theaters because it was escape from the harsh reality of what was going on in the world. Which I've always found to be the wonderful things about films. It's escapism. Okay, let's get into the film. So it begins with stormy weather and the following narration. And hail through the blizzard, through the gale, through the wind and through the rain, over mountain, over plain, through the blinding lightning flash and the mighty thunder crash, ever faithful, ever true, nothing stops him, he'll get through. That's right, a fleet of storks are flying with new bundles of joy for the expected parents in the Florida Animal Kingdom. Which makes me wonder, who do storks deliver newborn storks to? <laughs> I digress. It's a very cute scene where we see newborn bears and kangaroos and hippos, tigers, giraffes, all flying into their destinations. However, one expectant mother, Mrs. Jumbo, does not receive her newborn bundle that particular night, much to the disappointment and concern of her. 
The next morning, we discover that Mrs. Jumbo and all the other animals belong to a circus that is now going to another town by train. This leads to another musical number called Casey Jr., which is the name of the train, and also the train speaks through its steam engine, a really inventive portrayal. We then see another stork, voiced by the great Sterling Holloway. You'll remember his voice for Winnie the Pooh and many others. He is, of course, late for his delivery, and you can guess whose baby this is for. Here is a baby with eyes of blue, straight from heaven, right to you. Or, straight from heaven, up above, here is a baby for you to love. Sign here, please. Uh, yeah, well, oh, there's a jumble. Uh, one moment, please. This is still part of the service. Happy birthday to you. A happy birthday to you. A happy birthday, dear. A dear. Dear me, what's his name? Jumbo Junior. Oh, Jumbo Junior, huh? <clears throat> Jumbo Junior. <clears throat> Happy birthday, dear Jumbo Junior. Happy birthday to Well, hurry and open it, dearie. I'm just dying to see. Look at him. Look at him. Oh, you sweet little eyes. He is the darling little Adorable. Simply adorable. Did you ever see anything so cunning? Listen here. Coochie, 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 coochie. Is it possible? Isn't there some mistake? Just look at those. Those. E A R S. Those what? What a temper. What did I do? Well, tell me, did I say anything? Perfectly harmless remark. I just said that they're funny. They are funny. They certainly are. After all, who cares about her precious little jumbo? Jumbo? You mean Dumbo. Dumbo. So it's a good thing this wasn't made today as Mrs. Jumbo might have started an online campaign against the other elephants for bullying. In any case, Mrs. Jumbo is overjoyed with her newborn son and doesn't care what anyone else thinks about his large ears. 
The circus arrives in town on a raining night, and for the workers and elephants, they help set up the tents. Even Dumbo attempts to help, but is far too small to really make a difference, but enjoys all the new experiences and often is smiling the whole time. The next morning, the animals and staff go through town in a promotional parade for the circus, and even Dumbo participates, but sadly he trips over his own ears while trying to run down the street in the mud. Mrs. Jumbo then gives Dumbo a bath, which is another very cute scene as he's a happy-go-lucky kid, and he plays hide-and-seek with her. However, when some of the kids enter the circus grounds and they see Mrs. Jumbo in her section with Dumbo, a few of the kids start making fun of Dumbo and his large ears. Now, the verbal taunting is one thing, but then when one of the kids physically goes after Dumbo by tugging on his ears, Mrs. Jumbo loses it and grabs the kid and spanks him, as she should. I personally would have kicked the kid into the lion's den, but that's just me. However, when the crowd becomes panicked, the circus workers attempt to subdue Mrs. Jumbo, but when she sees them try to also take away Dumbo, she loses it and fights off the workers. She is eventually subdued and locked in a trailer, which says, Mad Elephant. You would think the other elephants would empathize with Mrs. Jumbo with the defense of her son, but instead, they blame Dumbo. Frankly, Dumbo's better off alone than with the snotty other elephants. One is a lady. Oh, no, you're right, dear, true. yes. Oh, well, I suppose that's mother love. But it's certainly no excuse for what she did. Mother love might cover a multitude of sins. <laughs> Blue, my dear, she has been huh. a sweet little... Look, I can't eat in peace. Gib, gib, gib. Always gossiping. Girls, girls, listen. Have I got a trunk full of dirt? Well, darling, oh, go on. on. Go on. Well, I heard today that they have put her in solitary confinement. No. You don't mean it. Oh, how awful for her. Well, I, I must say, I, I don't blame her for anything. You're absolutely right. It's all the fault of that little F-R-E-A-K. Yes, him with those ears that only a mother could love. <laughs> What's the matter with his ears? I don't see nothing wrong with him. I think they're cute. <laughs> ladies, ladies, it's no laughing matter at all. Oh, but she's right, girls. Don't forget that we elephants have always walked with dignity. His disgrace is our own shame. Yes, that's true. Oh, that's indeed it is. Yes. Well, frankly, I wouldn't eat at the same bale of hay with him. No, right. no. dearie. I should say. No, right. Oh. That's just how I feel about Here him. Here he comes now. Hmm. Pretend you don't see him. Shh. How do you like that? Giving him the cold shoulder. Poor little guy. There he goes. Without a friend in the world. The voice you heard in the last clip that feels bad for Dumbo is Timothy the Mouse. 
Disgusted by the behavior from the women, Timothy decides to take action and also introduce himself to Dumbo. Oh, I'll do something about this. guys, huh? Well, why don't you pick on me? <laughs> A proud race. Overstuffed hay bags. strength sometimes. Dumbo, look what I got for you. Ah-ah-ah-ah, <laughs> uh, 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 uh. you gotta come out first. <sighs> Too bad you don't trust me. Unless I thought, uh, well, you, you and me, uh, we might get your mother out of the clink. But I guess you wouldn't be interested. So long, Dumbo. Well, that's more like it. You know, Delmar ain't crazy. She's just broken-hearted. It ain't nobody's fault you got them big ears. Uh-oh, boy, I stepped into that time. Ah, oh, gee, Dumbo. I think your ears are beautiful. Sure. As a matter of fact, I think they're very decorative. You know, lots of people with big ears are famous. Oh, boy. All we gotta do is build an act. Make your star. A headliner. Dumbo the Great. Uh-oh. The Great what? You know, Dumbo, we gotta get an idea. Not just any idea. Something colossal. Like, uh... Have I got an idea? What an idea! Huh. He never had an idea in his Just life. visualize. One elephant climbs up on top of another elephant until finally all 17 elephants have constructed an enormous pyramid of pachyderms. I step out. I blow the whistle. The trumpets are trumpeting. Yeah. And now comes the climax. Yeah? What is the climax? <laughs> I don't know. I know he never had nothing. Well, maybe it comes to me in a vision while I dream. Good night, Joe. Good night, boss. Climax. Climax! Dumbo, you're a climax. I'll be back in a minute. I'm going to take care of your future. 
The genius of Walt Disney was always finding a great sidekick for the main characters, whether it be Jiminy Cricket or Thumper and countless others in various films. Timothy the Mouse is definitely one of the best, and considering Dumbo never speaks in the film, his eyes and his facial expressions say more than most characters, so it's vital that Timothy have a strong verbal presence, and it works beautifully. The genius from the great animators are the subtle, almost subliminal ideas they would incorporate into the scenes. For example, when Mrs. Jumbo is locked up, you see her swaying sadly back and forth as the shadows of the bars from the door appear on her body. You then cut to Dumbo sadly swaying back and forth the same way, while the circus tent behind him has the same looking stripes which mimic the trailer bars where Mrs. Jumbo is locked up. You may not even notice this, but that's the brilliance of the subtle overtones of high-quality filmmaking and animation. We go back to the movie and Timothy decides to give the ringmaster some subconscious ideas for his next big act. I am the voice of your subconscious mind, your inspiration. Now, concentrate. Remember, your pyramid of elephants is standing in a ring, waiting for a climax. You are now getting that climax. How's the reception? Coming through okay? Good. Suddenly from the sidelines comes your climax. Galloping across the arena. Uh, he jumps from a springboard uh, to a platform at the very pinnacle of your pyramid. He waves a flag for a glorious finish. <laughs> and who is your climax? <laughs> the little elephant with the big ears. The wild's mightiest midget mastodon. Dumbo! <laughs> Dumbo. 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 I got it! I got it! Now, if you rewatch this scene, when Timothy approaches the ear of the ringmaster, the giant shadow he creates is very similar to the shadow that Nosferatu would make in the early 1920s film. The animators were always looking for past film works to incorporate into their drawings, and early German Expressionism films were some of those studies. The next day, the ringmaster has the elephants attempt their Pyramid of Pachyderms act, with Dumbo being the highlight of the act in which he's supposed to jump on the springboard and propel himself onto the top of the elephant pyramid. But Dumbo is scared, as he should be, to attempt the trick. So Timothy had tied Dumbo's ears together, but once he starts running to the springboard, the knot breaks free and Dumbo trips over his ears and misses the platform, and instead goes headlong into the bottom of the pyramid, which causes all of the elephants to collapse. And even worse, the entire tent ends up falling apart from the huge fall of the elephants. So the circus leaves town on the train that night, and of course Dumbo receives all of the blame from the other scumbag elephants. thought I'd live to see the big top fall. Because of that Dumbo, I never can show my face there again. Oh, look at my beautiful tail. I'd just like to spank the daylights out of him. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, that won't be necessary, dearie. 
They fixed him good. What do you mean? Oh, what did they do? Did they beat him? What is it, darling? Tell us. Come, tell us. come, I demand to know. Oh, well, they've gone and made him. Oh, dear, I just can't say it. Out with it. Made him a clown. A clown? No. Yes. Oh, the shame of it. Let us take the solemn vow. From now on, he is no longer an elephant. So in his new role as a clown, Dumbo's first act is a dangerous stunt involving him being placed at the top of a makeshift burning building with the other clowns attempting to save him. The payoff is that Dumbo ends up jumping out, or forced out, of the window and landing in a tub of soapy water. The clowns love Dumbo because finally the clown act is a draw. But Dumbo is sad, mostly because he can't see his mother who is still locked up. Timothy tries to cheer him up, but to no avail, until he gets an idea. See? They're drinking a toast to you. Yeah, you're a big hit. Why, uh, you're terrific. Oh, you're colossal, stupendous. Come on, alley up. I gotta wash behind your ears. You ought to be proud. You're a success. <laughs> Look, a peanut. Come on, eat it. Got lots of vitamins. Give you a lot of, uh, pep. Oh, 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 I forgot to tell you. Why, we're going over to see your mother. I made an appointment for you. Didn't I tell you? Huh, just like me, I must have forgot. Come on, get your hat. Both Mrs. Jumbo and Dumbo enjoy their brief reunion. While the song Baby Mine plays as we see other animals with their newborns, like zebras, giraffes, tigers, monkeys, hyenas, hippos, ostriches, and kangaroo swing along as well. Now the sweetness of the last scene quickly fades as the drunken clowns decide to make their act even more dangerous for Dumbo, since it will get more laughs from the crowd. (laughs) Here you are, pour it in me slipper, Joey. Boy, I can't get over the way we rolled them in the aisles. Just wait till we hit the big top. This gives me an idea. Let's raise the platform the elephant jumps off of. Yeah, if they laugh when he jumps 20 feet, they'll laugh twice as hard if he jumps 40 feet. Yeah, that's, that's right, right, that's right. Simple mathematics. Let's make it 80 feet. Don't be a piker. 180. Make it 300. A thousand. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Right. Be careful. You'll hurt the little guy. Ah, oh, go on. Elephants ain't got no feelings. No, they made of rubber. This idea is sensational. Let's go tell the boss. Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, on, yeah. Let's yeah. Hit Hey, hey, let's hit him for a race. Yeah, sure. This is white real dough. Oh, we're going to hit the big boss for a race. Yes, we're going to hit the big boss for a race. Well, we're going to get more money. Because we know that we're funny. We're going to hit the big boss for a race. One of the bottles of booze ends up being thrown into the water bin where Dumbo would drink out of. Returning from seeing his mom, Dumbo is crying because he still misses her and gets the hiccups. So Timothy suggests he drink some water, not realizing it's been spiked with booze. I know how you feel, Dumbo, but you gotta pull yourself together. 
What would your mother think of you if she saw you crying like this? Remember, you come of a proud race. Why, you're a, a, a pachydime, and pachydimes don't cry. What's crying get you anyhow? Nothing but the hiccups. There, you see? Well, ain't nothing little water won't cure. Oops, a daisy. We'll have you fixed up in a jiffy. <laughs> Come on. Here, take a trunk full. Listen, little fella. We may have had a lot of hard luck up till now, but you and me is gonna do big things together. Hold your breath. Why, your mother's gonna be so proud of you. I'm gonna be proud of you, too. The whole circus is gonna be proud of you. Now, what do you think of that? Swallow it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, they can't keep us down. Oh, I guess you had one little one left over. Dumbo, we'll bounce back so hard. <laughs> hey, what's the matter with you? It's funny because, of course, today you would never have a drunk scene in a kid's movie. But kids were definitely mentally tougher back in the day. Anyway, it's a fun scene and it's amusing to watch Timothy and Dumbo hallucinate together as Dumbo blows alcohol bubbles. This, of course, leads to the infamous Pink Elephants dancing scene. I'm sure this was Timothy Leary's favorite scene in the movie. <laughs> and for all you younger listeners, Timothy Leary was a psychologist who was a leading advocate of psychedelic drugs, like LSD, for therapeutic use. The Pink Elephant sequence definitely had a Salvador Dali surrealism flavor to it. Eventually, Dali actually worked with Disney on a project called Destino in 1946, which was never completed until many decades later. It's really the only scene in the film that almost feels out of place, but it also takes up a good chunk of a very short film. It almost would have worked better as a vignette in Fantasia, which of course was released a year prior. That being said, the sequence is beautifully done and visually terrific to watch. I just feel it's out of place for this particular film, in my opinion. The next morning, the two wake up hungover to a group of astonished crows who can't believe what they found in their tree. Well, look at here, look at here. My, my. Why, this is most irregular. Well, I just can't believe my eyes. They dead, is they? No. Dead people don't snow, or do they? Do you know why don't you Uh, what's all the rookin'? Come on, step aside, brother. Uh, what's cooking around here? What's the good news? What's frying, boy? Just look down here, brother. And prepare yourself for a shot. <laughs> well, hush my beat. Go ahead. Wake him up, brother. Yeah, find out what they're doing up here. Yeah, and ask them what they want. Okay, boys, leave it to me. 
cows. Pink elephants. Oh, pink elephants? <laughs> <laughs> What's so funny? What are you boys doing down here anyway? What are we doing down here? Well, hear him talk. <laughs> oh, fly up a tree where you belong. <laughs> hey, look here. Well, brother Rat. Brother Rat? Now listen. I ain't your brother and I ain't no rat, see? Uh-huh. And I suppose you and no elephant ain't up in no tree either. <laughs> no. No, me and no tree ain't up no... Tree? Gumbo. Gumbo. Wake up. Wake up, Gumbo. Don't look now, but I think we're up in a tree. Dumbo and Timothy eventually land in a lake to the amusement of the crows. Timothy can't figure out how they got up in the tree to begin with until he has an epiphany. But I wonder how we ever got up in that tree anyway. Now let's see. Elephants can't climb trees, can they? No, no, that's ridiculous. Couldn't jump up. Mm-mm, it's too high. Hey there, son! Maybe you all flew up! Maybe we flew up. Yeah, maybe we... That's it! Dumbo! You flew! Boy, am I stupid! When I think of this before, your ears! Just look at them, Dumbo! Why? They're perfect wings! The very things that held you down are gonna carry you up and up and up! I can see it all now! Dumbo! The night wonder of the universe! The wild's only flying elephant! <laughs> This really makes the crows laugh when they hear Timothy exclaim that Dumbo can fly. This leads to the most memorable song in the film featuring the crows singing, When I See an Elephant Fly. <laughs> Did you ever see an elephant fly? <laughs> well, I seen a horse fly. Ah, I seen a dragon fly. <laughs> I seen a house fly. <laughs> see, I seen all that too. I seen a peanut stand and heard a rubber band. I seen a needle that winked its eye, but I be done seeing about everything when I see an elephant fly. What you say, boy? I said when I see an elephant fly, I seen the front porch swing, heard a diamond ring, I seen a polka dot railroad tie, but I be done seeing about everything when I see an elephant fly. <laughs> And then Timothy again comes to the defense of Dumbo. You ought to be ashamed of yourselves. A bunch of big guys like you, picking on a poor little orphan like him. Suppose you was torn away from your mother when you was just a baby. Nobody to tuck you in at nights. No warm, soft, caressing trunk to snuzzle into. How would you like to be left out alone in a cold, cruel, heartless world? And why? I ask you, why? Just because he's got those big ears, they call him a freak. The laughing stock of the circus. Then when his mother tried to protect him, they tore into the clink. And on top of that, they made him a clown. Socially, he's washed up. Oh, but what's the use of talking to you cold-hearted boys? Go ahead. Have your fun. Laugh at him. Kick him now that he's down. Go on. We don't care. 
Come on, Dumbo. Hey, brother, wait, wait, wait a minute. Uh, don't go away feeling like that. We done seen the light. You boys is okay. Please, you've done enough. Well, but we's all fixing to help you. Ain't that the truth, boy? Well, that's your right. Yes, that's right. You want to make the elephant fly, don't you? Well, you got to use a lot of college, you know, psychology. Now, here's what you do. First, you, uh, and then right after that, you, uh, Elvis, use the magic feather. Catch him? The magic feather? Yeah, I got you. Dumbo! Look, have I got it? The magic feather. Now you can fly. So by the crows and Timothy using a bit of psychology on Dumbo, they talk him into believing that with a magic feather he can fly. Though he's got it in him the whole time, without the feather, of course. Let's go. Let's go. Heave-ho. Heave-ho. Let's go, Dumbo. I guess it's just another one of their... Look! Hot diggity! You're flying! You're flying! <laughs> <laughs> Why, he flies just like an eagle. <laughs> Let's get it in the air, please. <laughs> well, now I've seen everything. <laughs> but I'll be the seen about everything when I see an elephant fly. So like in past films, the animators use live action takes to recreate their drawings. For the Crows, a black vaudevillian song and dance team named the Jackson Brothers were brought into the studios, and their choreographed routines were the basis of what were used in the Crows scenes. There's some actual great vintage footage on the DVD extras of Dumbo of the Jackson Brothers synced to what would eventually become the animation. So while today the crow scene might be deemed controversial to some who believe it's a stereotypical portrayal of black people, most of those critics are looking through modern eyes rather than doing some historical research. Well, that's what I'm here for. Many of the top black musical artists of the day were bebop and jazz performers like Cab Calloway and Louis Armstrong, and much of the verbal interplay in their performances were incredibly similar and authentic to how the crows interacted with one another. But sadly, today's knee-jerk critics fail to put context into anything. Take Disney Plus, for example. That It's yet another reason to own physical copies of media. And don't be reliant on a service to provide 100% of your entertainment, because eventually they're going to deep everything offensive, so you better own it. And also, what the critics today seem to miss when they flippantly dismiss the importance of the Crow characters in Dumbo is actually they're the heart and soul and the vital allies that Dumbo needs to succeed in his plight to be accepted by the circus performers. You could even say that they're the surrogate fathers, along with Timothy, to Dumbo. 
And again, the most catchy and memorable tune in the film is When I See an Elephant Fly, which is done by the Crows. They're also the warmest, most intelligent, and free-spirited characters in the whole film. Way more than the other elephants. So after, you know, initially playfully teasing him, and they get a bit of a lecture from Timothy, they accept Dumbo for who he is, unlike everyone else. The one critique of the crows that I absolutely agree with is that though the majority of the crows were voiced by black actors, the lead crow was not. He was voiced by a white actor named Cliff Edwards. Now, that was more of a problem with Hollywood in general at the time, not specifically Disney. Because if you look at examples like Charlie Chan, where the main character of Chan was portrayed not by an Asian actor, but only the side characters were used authentically. It would take many years before this issue was addressed at a wider scale. Alright, so we go back to the film, and yeah, I could stop right here and not tell you what happens, but come on, you have to know what's going to happen, right? It's a quick and perfect ending. The thing that made Dumbo different in the end gives him the talents that no other animal could even come close to matching. He becomes world famous and most importantly is reunited with his mother. So yes, there are difficult times for him, but that's the brilliance of high quality storytelling. You need the lowest of the lows to reach the highest of the highs, with or without pink elephants. Dumbo the film is is a perfect balance of emotion and humor and really the simplicity of the story. In many ways, the character of Dumbo is the most charming and beloved character in Disney history, and he doesn't even say a word. Everyone can identify with Dumbo, especially when you're a kid. And when Dumbo does succeed, he deserves it, and everyone is rooting for him too. All right, there were some deleted sequences from the script. One's called The Mouse's Tale, and when Timothy discovers that Dumbo isn't scared of mice, he decides he simply is not aware of the old wives' tale since Dumbo's just a child, so Timothy tells him a story of why elephants are afraid of mice. First, said Timothy, assuming a very comfortable position on a bale of hay next to Dumbo, you've got to imagine imagine in in your your mind mind. things like they are today. You know, with buildings and circuses and automobiles and people and (sighs) cheese factories. All right, you got that? Now, millions and millions of years ago, everything was a whole lot different. Those were what they called the, uh, 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 unprehysterical times. There was no circuses, and no big buildings, and no automobiles, and no people at all. And not one single solitary cheese factory. There was nothing. You got that? Only some nasty rocks and some great big funny-looking trees. There were elephants in those days, bigger and more hairy and with longer tusks, and they had things pretty much their own way. Life was a regular bed of peanuts. When they were hungry, they reached up into the peanut trees for the goobers that grew big as watermelons in those times. Now, as big as they were, There was one animal that was much bigger. Do you know what that animal was? Ha! You'd never guess. Well, sir, it was a mouse! Mice, a hundred times as high as this tent they were. They had eyes as big and bright as searchlights and big, sharp, white teeth that could bite through the toughest cheese and tails as long and fat as a sewer pipe. When they walked, the ground trembled and they drew a shadow a 
Black Lord! Ho ho! What a time my ancestors had with yours when they came to town! They chased them around and around, the little elephants grabbing each other's tails and running as fast as their little legs could carry them, only to get caught in the end. And if they ran into their caves, the mice reached in with their long arms and dragged them out, still holding on to each other's tails, whole families of them. And when they had them rounded up, they tied their tails together and stood around and laughed and used them as jump ropes and played with them in many other torturous ways. The mice made life just miserable for those elephants. And whatever they did, the elephants couldn't escape them, even when they held up leaves with their trunks and pretended they were trees. Even that didn't fool those mice who could smell an elephant a mile away. All right, things are different now. Somewhere in all those millions of years, something happened. Now you're big and we're little. So why do elephants go all to pieces today instead of just stepping on us and flattening us out? Why does an elephant run a mile, even when he thinks that there's a mouse around? It's because of the power we once had over him. He thinks of how we teased and tormented and ran him ragged those millions and millions of years ago. It's his curse. An elephant never forgets. As interesting as creative as this story was, it didn't really move the plot forward, and likely Walt Disney knew this and cut it out. There's another one called Are You a Man or a Mouse? This was a deleted song which occurred after Dumbo's first performance with the clowns, and he's getting washed by Timothy and crying about missing his mom. All right, so they threw us to the clowns. That ain't the worst thing that could happen to us, is it? <laughs> hey. Anybody can shine when things are all okay. But it's the guy who can smile in the face of adversity that's got the stuff. <laughs> Why, there's many a guy that wears a smile to hide a breaking heart. Understand? <laughs> well, my grandpa Maxwell had the right slant on problems like this. He'd never showed a white flag. <laughs> yes, sir. I'll always remember. My granddaddy used to tell me... Now listen here, you little tyke. Lots of things are gonna happen that you may not like. That old fogey was... <clears throat> that old fogey wasn't stupid. <clears throat> Granddad knew a thing or two. And the very words he told me, now I'll tell to you. When the going's getting rough, when old man trouble's getting tough, stand right up and call his bluff. Are you a man or a mouse? Keep a good stiff upper lip and never, never lose your grip. Don't give up the good old ship. Are you a man or a mouse? Things are bad. Give 
give your pants another hitch and stay right in there and pitch. Some fun facts. In addition to the American setting, this is the first animated Disney feature film to be set in the present time of its release. That would be 1941. That wouldn't happen again for many years, almost 20 years later in 1961, with 101 Dalmatians. So while trying to comfort Dumbo, Timothy says there are lots of people with big ears that are famous. And this line was recognized by audiences in 1941 as a reference to Clark Gable. Interestingly, this is the only known voice acting role for Edward Brophy, who plays Timothy the Mouse. He was a high-profile character actor whose career stretched from the 1920s to the late 1950s. He was often playing not-too-bright gangsters and cops and bartenders and assorted flunkies, particularly in Warner Brothers gangster films in the 1930s. So you've probably seen him and not even realized that he played Timothy the Mouse. All right, we have a special guest, and it's my other brother, Brian, who, of course, was in the beginning of this podcast, so it's always great to have him back on, and he's a big fan of Disney films and also Dumbo, and we talk about everything Dumbo. And I will be back next week to talk about yet another random movie from my DVD collection. Okay, we are back with one of my original guests, and it's my other brother, Brian, from Provenzal. Welcome back, Brian. It's been far too long, and I'm glad we got to catch up on, really, uh, one of the best animated classics of all time. So welcome back. Yeah, thank you. It's good to be back after a long time. I know, and because uh, I remember when, when we were... We used to be. We used to call it Brian Island, or, or Rachel used to call it Brian Island when we we're at work. <laughs> right. we, we would often <laughs> talk about various movies, and of course Disney movies. And I, I believe this was one that that were, was one of your favorites. And so you're old enough to remember uh, before the advent of like you know video uh, rental and things like that. Disney would often re-release all their classics to the theater. So did you see Dumbo the first time in a re-release in the theater, or was it on television? I'm fairly certain I saw it in a the theater or drive-in or something like that, but it's 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 hard to think back that far. I know I saw Bambi in a drive-in, mm. which was you know even older than Dumbo or or around the same age. But yeah, so yeah, yeah I probably saw it in a the theater. I'm I'm sure. 
It was such a moneymaker for them, too, because they just hold back the stuff because no matter what, I mean, this kind of spanned generations, which is kind of crazy and shows how, how high quality these films really, really were. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I think thematically a lot of it holds up. I, I So I get Disney Plus and I, uh, mm. I quickly like scrub through some of the movie. It's so <laughs> short that you can kind of like I could watch like rewatch some of the scenes of it recently with my son too mm-hmm. who's six and he he likes he likes dumbo so oh good that's <laughs> yeah. the one thing i i really appreciated what walt disney was kind of genius at is he he really streamlined the stories there's really no need for a two and a half hour movie like they're doing today and uh this is pretty action-packed you got a ton of entertainment in a little over an hour yeah i read that it was originally supposed to be a short which i didn't realize but it kind of mm-hmm. makes sense because the movie is barely over an hour long so right but it, it's like it's kind of like the perfect link like they didn't need to pad it with anything it's just pretty much straight up story yeah it works nicely exactly exactly so before we get into dumbo what would be your all-time favorite classic animated disney film wow that's a good question uh, uh jungle book is up there mm. i liked robin hood a lot as a kid but that's yeah like more of a, a newer one mm-hmm. um White is good. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> They're all, there's one of them that are great. Um, like of the newer ones, I like the Latin a lot. Yeah. Lion King, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Jungle. Did I say Jungle Book? I think that's You did. That's I thought for sure yeah. you were going to say Alice in Wonderland. Oh, yeah. You know what? If I knew I was missing one. That is, one, <laughs> that is, that is probably one of my favorites. Yeah. I, it might be Jungle Book nowadays, but mm-hmm. I think I like I liked Alice in Wonderland a lot growing up. Yeah, Phil Harris as the voice of uh, you know of the main character is so good, and of course he's uh, yeah. he's Friar. No, is he? No, he's uh, Honest John. No, who who is he in Robin Hood? Because he's he's in Robin. Yeah, Hood. he's uh, yeah he's uh, Little John. Little John, yes, he's yeah. Baloo in in Jungle Book. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Great voice. Great voice. Yeah. Okay, so we get it. You just recently rewatched Dumbo. What stood out this time uh, that you might have missed as a kid, and then? Actually, watching with your son, what what did your son like about the movie? Uh, you know, kind of watching it through his eyes for the first time. Uh, I think he. I mean, I, it was like a story about it just you know, for him, it's like a you know, a kid movie about you know, a kid and his relationship with his his mom, and then how his mom is sort of taken away, and so it kind of like it's something that's uh, maybe I don't know. It's not like traumatic for him to watch, but it was like something that was. Uh, I don't know, new for him. Like it, it kind of like explored some things like, you know, not fitting in and things like mm-hmm. that. But I, I think he watched it a couple of years ago. So I think he just sort of appreciated it as a story about like this little baby elephant who sure. you know, was trying to make, make his way and, you know, kind of growing up a little bit. And it's although it's interesting that, you know, Dumbo, Dumbo doesn't talk at all. Um, right. But there's lots of, uh, you know, emotion conveyed just through his expressions. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I think eyes, it makes it relatable to little kids too, in a way, because there's not they can just kind of see the emotion on on the character's face rather mm-hmm. than having to you know have the dialogue. That's a great point you brought up. Of a, I, it might be the only of the 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 classic animated films where the main character doesn't speak at all, uh, because even you know, like Bambi, of course, Bambi speaks and and Thumper speaks and and, and uh, you know characters like that. So that's really interesting, and and they did such a great job with the emotions. Um, mm-hmm. in the, in the eyes, you know, the artist did, did such a great yeah, job. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I think that's, that's an interesting point. When I was growing up, I, I knew it was super sad in the beginning, you know, Dumbo getting taken away from his mom. It's like a lot of Disney movies. <laughs> yeah. They were a lot. It's always something uh, sad that happens in the minute. Or, I mean, it's a lot of hero, like movies about heroes anyway, but yeah, yeah. definitely a sad, yeah, a sad beginning. And there's, yeah, it's lots of kind of 
hardship. I mean, it's actually there was like the the most tender moment of the movie is also kind of sad when he goes to Dumbo goes to visit his mom and who's mm-hmm. been caged up because she was they considered her to be a mad elephant. Right, she's <laughs> trying to protect her son. Basically, that's right. <laughs> Well, I think I, I think that's the the great the great thing about this movie is so many, there are little uh, you know subtle and not so subtle subtle messages you know the the people that are the the meanest are you know quote unquote his own kind the other elephants are the meanest to him mm-hmm. where you know Timothy the mouse and the crows and and everyone else is actually more of his friend than than is than the elephants which I, I think is really well yeah done. yeah it's interesting yeah like the mouse is uh, so like. Yeah, the mouse is interesting because he, you know, he's small, so he can't use his size to help protect Dumbo. So he uses, like, when he's talking, he's kind of lecturing the crows, like, you don't know what this kid's been through. And he gives them, like, the whole spiel and he uses his, like, his, what he has. Right. Dumbo. Um, so that, that was interesting to me, uh, kind of watching it this time. Mm-hmm. So you brought it. So when I mentioned this to you, we, we famous, you, you kind of alluded to that the, um, the famous kind of psychedelic scene kind of freaked you out as a kid. So tell me that story. Yeah. Uh, I did just think the, uh, yeah. So yeah, Dumbo gets drunk. Right. By, he's drinking water that happened to have a bottle of champagne poured into it. So right. he gets drunk and then the pink elephant song comes on. And I mean, I think it's just like this weird psychedelic song. It's sort of like a, it's like a mini, yeah, it's like this weird musical number in the middle of the film that's like a it's a total trip. I don't know what like what prompted it and whether like the Disney animators just thought that like, this is something funny or maybe they got drunk a lot and this is like <laughs> a, a thing that they wanted to like show the audience like the things that go through an artist's mind when they're drunk. I'm not sure. Um but yeah, it's I mean it, as a kid I think it was just sort of freaky because it was dark and all the elephants looked really mean in it. They weren't like happy elephants dancing around. They were kind of like scary looking elephants. Right. So um and the the song is, you know, in a like a kind of a dark march uh tune. So it's yeah. you know, it's just it's freaky. And so yeah, I think it's sort of it was, if I thought about it a lot as a kid, I just sort of thought, ah, that was creepy. Like, you know, it gives you the lilies kind of thing. So how, how did your son feel when he, when he saw it? Was he freaked out by it or was he like, oh, this is just weird? I think he, he probably was a little weirded out by it. I'm trying to remember now because he probably saw it over a year ago mm-hmm. now. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. I think it probably bothered him a little bit. I think there were other parts of the movie that bothered him more, honestly, than, than that. Yeah, interesting. That part. <laughs> So probably just I think that the separation from his mom probably bothered him more than (laughs) no, and that totally makes sense. And uh, and that that was that's kind of what Disney movies were kind of I wouldn't say good at, but they were definitely um, they would take a harder stance than kids movies today. And I guess just, you know, maybe of the era Um, speaking of the weird. So how do you feel about Fantasia? Because that's what that the the kind of the drunk elephant scene kind of reminded me yeah of. actually i was thinking about that today and it's all and they were released like not even a year apart right and, uh yeah fantasia there are parts i mean i so i'm like i like classical music in general and i i thought the whole concept of fantasia was interesting because it was like putting you know animation to that um so there are like several several bits of fantasia that i like a lot i mean some of it is pretty creepy and dark and like the night on ball mountain part of fantasia right um, but it's supposed to be kind of like a, you know, like I had nightmare. So, I, I mean, I think that's interesting for like a, a supposedly like a kid's animated thing that they kind of made a sort of art film out of it for Fantasia. But 
it's not really like I think it's just kind of like it was almost like a demonstration piece of like what you know the animators could do at the time, and it, it gets mm-hmm. interesting as that. Um, but yeah, I don't like it. Fantasia. I wouldn't say like it's it's definitely not everyone's cup of tea. If you don't like f- classical music, or you're, you know, like it's it's just sort of like a you know, it's like watching a, a series of short art films. So sure, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the the Dumbo thing, the the pink elephant scene, does remind me a little bit of Fantasia. Definitely. And kind of that Salvador Dali of mm-hmm. that era. Yeah. What's funny yeah. about uh, Fantasia, I totally fell asleep in the theater when, I, for, when my mom <laughs> took me to it. But I did like the Mickey Mouse parts, of course. So that was yeah, kind of the Mickey, yeah, that was yeah. probably my favorite as a kid. And then as I got older, I liked some of the other stuff as well. But Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's definitely something I appreciate as you get older. Um, mm-hmm. So... Yeah, did you see the remake, the Tim Burton remake that that came out not too long ago? I have not, and I I don't know. I just didn't. I just saw like the preview of it, and I'm like, I just don't want to see this. Like, I don't know why. I just felt yeah. like a lot of Tim Burton movies haven't been good in my opinion lately. So I just was like, I I wasn't. I don't know. I I think I've heard mixed things about the remake, and, and maybe I'll watch it someday. But um, I you know I didn't really trust them to do a good job with the movie, and I didn't really know like. You know, if you would make it even darker than it already kind of, you know, even for a short movie and a kids movie, it's kind of, it's kind of dark. I mean, I think that, you know, like the Dumbo goes through a lot of hardship and like his mom is locked away and like, so she goes through hardship and then there's like, it's just kind of like this scary life for this little baby elephant. So <laughs> to me, like if you kind of turn that into a live action movie, it could, it has the, the potential of making it a lot more dark than it needs to be. And so that's, that's, I guess that's what I was wondering about the Tim Burton movie and has made me not want to see it so much. But. I, I was right with you. And, and frankly, like I just, even though it's a live action it, for me, there's really no need to, to remake this stuff. And they did the same thing with Aladdin. They did the same thing with Lion King and just it's yeah. they're officially out of ideas and they think these are the, <laughs> the cash cows for them. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's really frustrating. Um, yeah, so that there goes that, that question. So um, <laughs> to kind of wrap up, so do you, of the classics, do you think this holds up pretty well, or is there are there other ones that you would uh, recommend instead of instead of Dumbo? I think Dumbo holds up pretty well. I mean, there's like kind of the there's a couple of bits of the racism, which mm-hmm. I think is is definitely outdated. I think the the crows are like they're kind of positive characters overall, but there's like you know just definite racial stereotyping going on there. And then uh, I. I was reading about this, although I didn't really notice it like when I was a kid, but like the, like the roustabouts, they have that song and there's like mm-hmm. the lyric, they all happen to be black and they, and their lyrics are kind of like how they enjoy like the, the hard labor. And that's, mm-hmm. that's really like not something you would, you would want to see in a movie today. Um, but uh, you know, Disney sort of acknowledges that now where they, you know, they put like a disclaimer on the front of the movie in mm-hmm. uh, Disney plus, for example, I don't know what the DVDs have nowadays, but, um, so I think that's good. At least like you kind of take it in the context that it was was made. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think overall, like the story itself holds up. It's just kind of it's it's sort of weird. Like you know, the, the I don't think like I think when I watched cartoons as a kid, like we had this idea of like the stork bringing a baby, and that was like <laughs> yes in like the 1900s. <laughs> but now, like I don't I don't think you see that like theme anymore. So that's a little bit outdated as well. Sure. Uh, but like the like the story about you know Dumbo like being you know an outcast and you know mm-hmm. and that like it's a very you know it's not something that happens to a lot of kids where they're separated from their parents but it's something that you know like it's a it's a compelling emotional story so I think that's relatable and in, in that way and it holds up 
animation yeah. is still great too. Oh yeah, that's that's the one thing. Uh, all these, this the animation is terrific. It's not sterile like the you know the CGI of today. And again, the the differences in Dumbo and the differences in people is kind of the what ends up being his positive. So that's always a good message as well. Mm-hmm. Regarding the crow, so I you know I always I, I was always mixed about that as well. But doing some research about this, uh, it kind of made me reflect back on. So they they really did use two black vaudevillians from the era uh, who were uh, kind of came up with the routines and whatnot. And uh, and a lot of the 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 the, the dialect and the speak came from like kind of the bebop records of that era. So it yeah. made me think if if let's say um, Snoop Dogg was in the movie today and he was kind of doing <laughs> yeah. like a hip hip hop you know, uh, you know, sort of dialect, would people have yeah. a problem with it? And so that's that's c- kind of where I I'm not too. It's not as bad as let's say Song of the South or something like that. So oh yeah yeah, yeah. no I where, get that. Yeah. I think the I think the only thing is that they are crows and they could have been another sure. animal. They could have been sure. another bird. But like the fact that they're crows and I think yeah. it's maybe a change, but like the lead crow was originally called Jim Crow and now I think they call right. Andy Crow or something like right. that. So that mm-hmm. to me is like that's the that's the biggest problem sure for me i guess but mm-hmm. but yeah so if they made him another kind of bird let's say then i don't think it would have been as quite as bad and then it doesn't really matter like yeah like you said they use you know black blood villains or like if it were a snoop mm-hmm. dog or someone like that i think that's it's different right yeah. because uh, uh, you know today like mm-hmm. hip-hop was kind of the bebop of that era you know the jazz musicians and and kind mm-hmm. of that lingo and so yeah, that's totally yeah, bad, but yeah and they were very positive characters. I mean, as Definitely. Kid, like, you know, at first they seem like they're adversaries, but then like they, you know, they quickly catch on to like what's happening in Dumbo's life. And then they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to help you. So <laughs> they are more friends than the other elephants. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. The elephants are terrible. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, yeah, definitely. I, they, they could have been a different character. And the Jim Crow part definitely does not hold up well. But uh, even Whoopi Goldberg was saying she wished that the crows would be marketed uh, better because they are actually an interesting character in those early films. And so, um, yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so great. I thank you for doing this, Brian. And uh, it's been far too long and I'm, I'm hoping to to catch up. Yeah. I'm hoping to get more, more interviews out of you. So hopefully that'll that'll be coming soon. (laughs) Hopefully soon. (laughs) Thanks again. Sounds good. Come hang out and chill with Brian A. Davis and the Bad Beat. Wednesdays, 11 p.m. Eastern, right here on thatmetalstation.com. 